Hello and welcome back to the RevOps show. Last episode and this episode have some common themes as system design and the three zones of execution kind of correlate with one another. Doug and Jess will be going through each zone, what they mean, how they even came to be, and what this all means for you and your company. I know you probably have a lot of questions, but trust me, they will answer them all. There's not much more I can say on that, so let's get started. Jess, they kicked us out of our studio. They did. Something about it's being renovated. Something about well, I I think there was like um, a leak or something, and so some of the ceiling tiles and took out camera two. I think is yep. what they what they said. So <clears throat> I wanted to go in and take a look at it, but they said I didn't have a hard hat, and you know it was OSHA compliance, and uh, you probably break more than than fix it. That's what I. That's my superpower. I'm here to yes. break things. Yes. Jess, it's 77 degrees and sunny here in Sorona Park, Maryland. Is it? Is it? And the, and the Nats are uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning. Oh, wait. Are we trying to record this during a baseball game? It's got to be the theme. Baseball. Good to bring up baseball somewhere. Everything is <laughs> – we're just here for baseball. Everything is kind of filler for baseball, right? Isn't pretty that, much. Pretty much. Um so we're going to try to record this and hold your attention during a, during a baseball game. Um, hopefully the, hopefully there's not much longer for the baseball game. Oh, are they, are they losing? So, well, no, 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 no. They're, um, they're not, they're not losing. Oh, okay. Um, and it's the bottom of the night. Okay. All right. So, so what are we talking about today, Jess? I want to talk about the three zones of execution, Doug. Three zones of execution. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So I think first it would be helpful if you would introduce what, what are the three zones of execution and kind of lead us in that way. So in fairness, this is not fully an original idea. So this comes from a McKinsey model. I'm pretty sure it was McKinsey called the three horizons. Um, and we kind of, um, we kind of, Lay, you know, we kind of we kind of hijacked that a little bit, and um, Jeffrey Moore, author of the greatest book in marketing ever written, Crossing Chasm, um, wrote a book called Zone to Win, where he talked about he, he talked about the four zones, which kind of broke the three horizons into four zones of you know, and you know, because every by the way, every great marketing consultant has to be able to break everything down to a two by two matrix. And so that's what the four zones did. Um, we kind of, you know, have taken it out of the theory of, you know, it, it, it's an excellent theory for large business. It, it's, it's really a model about innovation. Um, and, and we kind of have, you know, began to put our twist on it to, you know, for, for, for the mid, you know, more towards the mid market company. Um, so, so I, you know, from my perspective, at least, it's a little bit more operational. It's a little bit um, less theoretical, though. There's still an awful lot of theory, and you know, anybody that's familiar with uh, Moore's Four Zones or McKinsey's Three Horizons um, is certainly gonna, you know, I don't, I don't mean to claim any of what I'm gonna say here as being, you know, necessarily original. I, I will say that it's all driven from real firsthand um, uh, in the field implementation. Did that? Okay, so. Did that sufficiently or did that not 
was that was that just disclaimer well, well, or did i not did i answer that your was, question that was just disclaimer now can you tell us about what what are the what are the three zones and, and kind of okay i'm sorry i thought so like you're at you're, you're like literally asking what are i'm literally i'm literally asking for those who are not familiar with it i think the disclaimer was good but <laughs> okay so so now i'll get into the why of the three zones to to explain what the three zones to share what the three zones are okay um the human conscious mind as opposed to the bot conscious mind um the, the you know the human conscious mind is actually we don't deal well with nuance right our, our our brains are pretty programmed to try to take nuance and put it into black and white and one of the yep. places where this where this applies is the perception the perception of time and and there's really only three times that that we physically understand yesterday like before now and later so it's either the past the present or the future and like like it's you know now you know from, from an execution standpoint everything from you know unless you actively manage against it the only thing everything breaks into a this is something that has to be done now or this is something that has to be done later it's fascinating because it's how my five-year-old communicates when things happened. Everything that was past was yesterday. Everything that's current was today. And I, I don't remember how she communicates future, but it is funny that you say that she's got no sense of anything outside of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So it's kind of interesting. Dogs in the same way. <laughs> yeah. Dogs don't have a sense, but, but, but by the way, you know, like that, that, that's the, that's the reptilian brain. Yeah. Right. And, and what we have to realize and what we have to accept is, we we've created lots of verbiage to sound as though we have moved beyond our reptilian brain, <clears throat> but from a from an action perspective, our reptilian brain is is the dominant dominant force. So we're not as different as we would like to think, you know, fr from that element. So, you know, especially when you're talking, you know, in, in any resource constrained organization. Um, but especially when you talk about small mid-market companies where they are inherently resource constrained, mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't have strategy teams. Um, heck we're happy if one person, if their job can actually be, you know, fully future focused. Right. Right. You know, G GE has teams of people that do nothing but assess and work on things that other things are doing. Right. And, and so it's a very different element. And, and so when it comes to implementing change and, and, and we use three zones less, I mean, it absolutely would apply if we were talking about innovation, but we use it less from the, the standpoint of innovation theory to, to really, you know, managing execution and managing the change required. Um, right. Also, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this and other things and I've actually talked about it for heck. It's almost, it's probably been about, it's been a decade. Wow long time. So it's kind of old to me. So I don't talk about it as much as I used to just because I like, but good is no longer good enough. Um, and, and, and so it used to be, I mean, look, if you wanted to be great, you had to do great things. That game hasn't changed that much, right. but, but you had, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, you know, mid-market America was, was filled with, you know, mature companies that did good work, made good profit, you know, produced, good and all under the term of reasonably good returns mm -hmm. um you know occupying very much of, of kind of the middle ground 
uh, yep. you know, I mean, I, I mean, if you go back to, to the days when I grew up, my parents owned a travel agency, they were one of the early travel agencies. You, you worked with a travel agency. I mean, the number one determinant of what travel agency you would work with when my parents started an agency was geographic location. Were you within a mile and a half of the travel agency? Now, um, you know, actually one of my, uh, one, of my one of my friends, uh, you know, we become friends, um, but one of the people I work with at HubSpot, she lived in Boston. She, she then moved to San Diego um, and she's now actually moved back to Boston. And in this last instance of moving back to Boston, it, it's almost like, it's almost like funny, but it's a non-event. So it like never, but it had no impact on her job. I mean, can you imagine a day that you would have, she had to take a few days off to manage the move, mm-hmm. right? So you moved from San Diego to Boston, nothing about your job changed, right? And and, and so like that that whole world um, has adjusted and, and you know, as, as software has um, eaten up America, just guess what? The game is over, the Nats win, yes. Woohoo! <laughs> um, so now I can focus. Yeah. Um, so, so it's this whole aspect of, of, you know, good is no longer good enough. And, and transformation used to be something that would happen occasionally. And, you know, the truth is most businesses went through their entire life without ever actually needing a transformation. Today, I think it's safe to say if you're not transforming, you're dying. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so, how do you do that? How do you transform all the time? Well, I mean, some people transform all the time by just changing everything all the time. Right. And, and, you know, it, it, it exhausts everybody. It kills, et cetera, you know, and change management is hard. And, and the difficulty is, and we see this all the time, especially, I'm going to say, especially in sales and marketing. I, I don't know if it's especially in sales and marketing. I don't, I don't live in the other disciplines, Someone identifies a problem, someone identifies a fix, and everything is talked through the lens of now. Um, you and I used to have conversations, and every now and then we still do. You would say you're underwater. Yep. And you remember what I would say in response to that? Is that any different from any other day? <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'd say. I'd say it's impossible remember. to be underwater. Oh, yeah. Right? And you, you see, that's the memory I'm working with, everybody. We've had this conversation. <laughs> um, I blocked it out. Right? And, and, you know, and, and what, well, what do you mean? I said, okay, well, you know, what are you saying that you have more things on your plate? You have more things on your, on your list than you have time to do them. And you said, yes. I said, okay, so, you know, let's just make up a number. How many things do you have on your list? 15. How many things can you do? Seven. Okay. Which eight can't you do? Yeah. Right now we're, we're now at seven. Guess mm-hmm. what? You're not underwater anymore. Right. So how, how do you make that a discipline? Well, this is where the three zones come in, right? When, when, you, when you talk about the three zones, when you establish the three zones, um, and, and you look, you can follow the zones we're talking about here. You can put your own twist on it. You know, it, it, that doesn't matter you know, to us, certainly. But it, what it does is it creates a framework. And it creates, right. it, 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 it creates a three-dimensional element to what's needed. And so the three zones we refer so the three zones are built on time horizon. So zone one is the next 90 days. Zone two is from 90 days to a year. And zone three is three years and beyond. Um, Now, if we were, just so everybody knows, if we were to look at the three horizons approach, which is the McKinsey basis, horizon one was less than 12 months. Horizon two was one to three years. Horizon three was three to five years. 
right? So what we've done is we've changed that time frame to make it more about execution, right? And it's now, so we turned horizon one into two zones. And then for purposes of execution, we kind of put everything else in the, um, you know, in, in what was horizon two for us zone three. So um, under 90 days, 90 days to one year, one year beyond one to three years is kind of how we think about it. Zone one is the performance zone. Zone two is the transformation zone. I'm sorry, I'm going to the traditional. Zone was, two is I the was... enablement zone. Zone three is the transformation zone. So again, just so everyone understands, and we actually have a webinar or we have a brief video that talks about the four, the three horizons and the four zones. What, what Jeffrey Moore did was he came in and he actually broke horizon one into two zones yep. that he called the performance zone and the enablement zone. Then zone, you know, then the second horizon was the transformation zone. And, and for, you know, if you're talking about innovation and you're talking about large company, the vision and incubation zone, that, that doesn't apply. And that certainly doesn't apply from a RevOps perspective. So hence, right. right. So it is the performance zone, the enablement zone, the transformation zone. And, and, and we've, we've referenced the three zones a couple times previously. And, and as I, you know, RevOps inherently is a zone to discipline. It is an enablement yep. zone discipline. Um, so zone one, next 90 days, performance zone, that is all about hitting numbers, meeting objectives. To use a term that I actually like less, I used to love it, but I like it less and less, is get you done. Zone one is about get you done. The performance zone is you got to get you done. Yep. You got to hit numbers. You got to meet objectives. You got to pay bills. You got to close sales. You got to finish things, et cetera. Um, and, and if you think about it, everybody has a zone one. There's an organizational zone one and there's an individual zone one. So, so what I would say is RevOps primarily is a zone two discipline, but mm -hmm. the individuals in RevOps, they have a, a performance zone. They have a first zone, which is what are the things that they need to get done so that they can be transferred into the um in, in, into the performance zone so the, the transformation zone that's all about being the company that you need to become right and and one of the things that i see as a big issue for companies is most people fall into one of two categories they're either too short-term focused or they're too vision long-term focused and they're filled with great ideas but it never manifests itself yep. here it, it it enables and activates both of those perspectives right so you need to have that vision and and you now give a time frame where you have time right then then the middle area that's 90 days to one year that is the enablement zone so the performance zone is all about meeting objectives hitting the number mm -hmm. yep the enablement zone is about staging operationalizing systemizing optimizing right staging being a key thing if you talk to most people in a frontline role as a company scales, the number one issue that they'll complain about is things are always changing. They yeah. never feel like they're at a point of stability. And I'm going to tell you, people cannot perform at their best when they don't feel stable. Yep. Um, it's like, I mean, you know, I deal with this Meniere's disease and I get vertigo attacks and you can't do much when your head, like when your head's swimming, even though consciously, you know, it's not happening, it's really yeah. hard to get anything done. Well, that's kind of what it feels like in a lot of places that used to be what it felt like all the time here. I think yeah. we have that issue far, far less. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Although I would say that if anything, our rate of change has increased, not decreased. Right. 
But we now have this enablement zone and we now think about, okay, how are we staging it so it becomes part of? And yep. so what happens is you go through the transformation, you lift your head up, you look back 18 months and you're like, holy shit, things have changed, but you never felt like you were going through massive change. And so what this right. does is it gives you a framework and it also gives you a prioritization schema. It begins to establish timing with priority. It, it, it establishes urgency. Urgency is all about the performance zone with, with importance, enabling importance not to get squeezed out. It, it works amazingly for how to structure your organization. You begin to build teams with those focuses, but even, and we're a small business, we don't have, I mean, we work with businesses, really just about every business, actually every business we work with certainly has more employees than we have. And, and if they're not doing more revenue, they've raised more revenue than we're doing. But so, so, you know, I live in the, like, I work in the performance zone, I work in the enablement zone, and I work in the transformation zone. But now instead of it, like, just kind of being one big mixed pot of, I don't know what, you know, crap stew, it's now, okay, I'm wearing my enablement hat now. I'm wearing my enablement zone hat now. I'm wearing my performance zone hat now. Okay, this is an enablement zone item. It's not a performance zone item. So it, it, it creates different types of prioritization schemas. And, and, and by the way, I can tell you, having been through some good situations with it and bad situations with it, when, when we're in a really good position, performance zone issues actually get de deprioritized. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're going to focus on on the enablement zone because we kind of have performance dialed in. So I can actually push away urgency and really focus on importance. I've had other times where it's like, okay, no, we got a we got some numbers to hit or that's or you know, how good the enablement zone is doesn't matter because we ain't getting to the transformation zone. Right. Right? And and it becomes you know, and you know, so so it allows that type of of shifting without it just seeming like craziness. It creates, it creates, it, it brings an order to the chaos of riding the tornado of growth. This brings up, so actually this was a question I had because we talk about there being a chasm between strategy and execution, which I think is what you're talking about, about performance to transformation zone. And, and we talk about that the cause could be either you've got a flawed or missing enablement zone. How do you, how do you kind of, identify that how do you how do you get into how do you get your team into kind of that en enables men zone how do you what does that look like in action i guess is, is really what i'm asking i don't understand the question how do you how, i guess how do you how do you build that that bridge between performance and transformation like like you talked about that's where we stage that's where we op op operationalize that's where we systemize what does that actually look like what like what are the things you do to kind of enable your team to to do that to encourage your team to do that well it, it i guess the first question is how clear is your destination mm -hmm. right so so where what where where are you trying to be qualitatively and quantitatively in a year in three years and beyond you know one 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 problem when i look at one year plans and three year plans is that oftentimes we treat the one year or the three year like it's um, like it's the finish line, when when in fact it's, I mean I you know I could be trite and say it's just the next starting line, 
but it's not even that it's neither a finish line nor a starting line it's just you know i mean candidly if you're on a fiscal calendar year december 31st means something really special to you but it's no different than december 30th it's no different than you know april it's like a, way, it's like a waypoint right we've talked about we've talked about waypoint. So, it's a waypoint so it's like okay here you know depending upon what your long-term element is you know where, where you're trying to go long term i think that's where your talent strategy lies hey we need different types of people hey i mean we decided at at a point before people were talking about it to to focus on this thing we were calling revenue operations yep and so part of the transformation zone was we need to figure out what that is we went through a good two years of yeah. you know i think the word pivot is overused you know someone would have said we pivoted 18 times i would say you can't pivot 18 you know if you're if you pivot 18 times in, in, in a lifetime it's not pivoting it's shuffling like we did a lot of shuffling <laughs> and i would actually say we didn't shut we didn't even shuffle we stumbled yeah, we did lots and lots of stumbling that, you know, that was the learning element. I mean, heck, I can I can remember when we went back and we said, hey, we're going to build playbooks. And we had this idea of what a playbook should be. Yeah. But we had never we had never built one as an organization. I, I had built versions of playbooks in the past. But what we like that past playbook was not going to be enough. And it was like, OK, well, you know, we're going to build playbooks and playbooks is, is, is going to be a core part of what we're going to be. But we screwed up a couple playbooks. Yeah. Right. We said we're going to map. We said we're going to map business process. We we screwed up a couple business process maps. Well, it's the transformation zone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're supposed to that. Like that's a very 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 heavy learning element, and and we actually weren't even at the point where we could define it clearly enough to to begin to stage an enablement zone. Then we started getting little you know a little bit more of a working theory. And, and, and that got to our later half of our enablement zone, right? It began to be, okay, hey, let's, um, you know, and, and, and now we're putting together, you know, what's the structure of each deep dive? What's the path of each deep dive? How yeah. can we enable somebody who's been here for less than 30 days to run a deep dive like one of our senior people can run a deep dive? We're, we're, you know, we're now beginning to talk about those things in our enablement zone, you know, that, so, so when, you know, as our, as our transformation zone elements, you know, as the vision has gotten clearer, mm. which the funny thing is when the vision gets more clear, at least for me, it actually feels less like vision. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And so. Cause vision know, is this intangible thing. Once it's tangible, it's, it's no longer, right. no longer visionary. You know, so, so, so it's like, it's, it, I mean, how did we create an enablement zone? I mean, here's what I'm going to tell you, actually, you don't have to do anything. This is not, you, you could, we, we could quibble debate over the timeframes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and I would say that there are some companies, there are probably some places where the performance zone is probably more like 30 days. Yeah. Agreed. I don't think that's healthy. You know, this is a side note. I'm seeing more and more and more people. There's so much money, so much stuff going around. I'm seeing more and more people, you know, in, in the MarTech SaaS space, just turn over like crazy. I mean, seven months here, one, you know, year and two months here. Like, and I mean, like they're on the sixth gig and I, and I know them well enough to know that they're at least reasonably good at what they do. So, I mean, they don't completely suck, you know, and, and I get it, you know, there's, 
more money being offered here. This person just raised there. There's that, like, it, it's crazy, but there's also an element that like, if you've only been somewhere for a year, you don't know shit. Hot take. I, but, I, I mean, mean I, 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 I totally agree with you. It's funny. Cause you think you do. Cause you, yeah, you're yeah. Hell, right. Right. You, you're, you, you are smack dab in Dunning Kruger. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, you said, well, no, no, I've been around for 10 years. Okay, yeah, you've been around for 10 years, but you've always been, you're just repeating the one year right. element. And and by the way, the last 10 years have been so homogenous that that it, it's been the, you know, it's been Groundhog Day of six to 12 months of experience, right? You You haven't gotten to that next inflection point. You haven't gotten to the place where what got you there isn't enough to get you to, to, to the next place. Um, You haven't gotten to where you're confusing brains with a bull market. Um, you know, two of my favorite quotes are, you know, Warren Buffett, you only learn um, when people are in the ocean, you only learn who's naked when the tide goes out. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> um, and Tom Friedman, um, I think it was in the Luxus and the Olive Tree where I read this, he said, if you jump off of an 80 story building for the first 79 stories, you can convince yourself you're flying. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, when I was 20 years old, I knew a hell of a lot more than I do today. Yeah. I thought I did. Right. The, the more I know, the dumber I am. It, it, it's um, and, and, and so you have a performance zone, you have an enablement zone, you have a transformation zone. The, the question is, and, and, and the mistake that I see is that the enablement zone and the performance zone are, are one and the same. And that inflicts way too much change. The number one issue, the, the the number one reason that that change doesn't stick is is the massive power of inertia and the whirlwind. You you have a day job, right? You have you have a you have a job that has to be done. You have certain elements that if they don't those don't get done, you will get fired one way or the other. Yeah. And and so it is, you know, it, it has been true since the beginning of time, the tyranny of the urgent. The urgent always crowds out the important. So yep. simply thinking of along the lines of, is this a performance zone issue, an enablement zone issue, a transformation zone issue will have a dramatic effect. By the way, if you're a one person shot, I'd ask that question. Hmm. And you know what? Early on, people talk about side hustles and how their side hustle became this, this huge element. And, and one of the reasons why I believe that that's true is when it's your side hustle, you don't have a like your performance zone is very mild. Yeah. Right? yeah, I'm making my living over here, so I don't have to make money over here. I can do a lot of enablement zone. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I've seen people who have you know started doing LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, where they're posting every day, multiple times per day. It's their side hustle. That is absolutely, I mean, heck, some of that's transformation zone probably, but that's absolutely enablement zone. And then over a period of time, all of a sudden people start asking you and that, and then they, and then they come out and they go, see, that's what you have to do. That's what you have yeah. to do. Now, here's the thing. When I started my business, I had to feed my family. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I'm very comfortable with the amount of enablement zone work that I did. But one of the things was, is I had major pressure on the performance zone, right? Um, right. And, and, and so, you know, you might find, you know, I want to spend X, X amount of time in, in each particular zone. 
And at the end of each 90 days or whatever period you decide to stop and assess, hey, you know what? I wanted to spend 30% in the enablement zone and I'm lucky if I spent 5%. Okay, cool. Right. No problem. Yeah. Right. Okay. What are we going to try to do? And I'll tell you what, if you're, if you prioritize the right 5% in the enablement zone, what I would say is what's the 5% of the enablement zone that you could focus on that would reduce the pull in the performance zone. Right. So now all of a sudden you could spend 8%. So I don't think you have to like, I think when you like, when, when the question comes, well, how do I start an enablement zone? Yeah. I think that that's where the idea of overthinking comes in. The enablement mm -hmm. zone is there. It's really yep. a question of are you using it? Okay, so you could you could be you could be utilizing all three zones simultaneously, just depending on what it is that you're working on and and what that initiative is or what that well, no. thing is you're trying to accomplish. No, no? I, don't, I don't. I don't think you can be utilizing them simultaneously. I mean, I guess you are using them simultaneously because someone's working on the enablement zone while someone. I mean, okay, RevOps is working, but but when you talk about how do I go from everything's now and later mm -hmm. to I begin to carve out an enablement zone. Well, the first thing you do is you acknowledge it. Right. The second thing that you do is you, you know, as your initiatives line up, don't look at your initiative. And by the way, this is an interesting thing. We look at our initiatives and we say, do we have the capacity to do this? Yep. Well, you, you should add, well, which zone are these initiatives in? Yeah. Right. And, and, and so if you think about it, you've got certain things, your quick wins. They don't take a lot of effort or time and they can have good impact. That's zone one stuff. Some things take a lot of effort, but once they're there, they have good impact. Some things don't take a whole lot of effort or a whole lot of time, but it takes a while for them to build. So like, you know, posting on LinkedIn every day. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of effort. Now, I think people underestimate how much effort it takes, but I'm saying that, you know, that is not your full-time job that you know but but it will take a while for it to have impact that's right. your zone two stuff some things are going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take a lot of time for it to have impact that's your zone three now you start looking at your zones and i can almost guarantee that if you looked if, if you were to do a zone assessment your zone mm -hmm. one would be overcrowded and your your earlier impact zone two would, would be the next overcrowded you could have zone three overcrowded if you got someone you know you know the crazy visionary although the crazy visionary is typically taking the visionary stuff and trying to shove it into zone one yeah right? yeah um not that i would ever do that right so so you're going to look at your right. you know your longer time frame zone two and zone three they're under allocated strength comes from your so if you think of a two by two matrix mm. i got zone one here so the mm -hmm the um southwest that's zone one so not a lot of time not a super amount of effort not, not a lot of time to have impact not a super amount of effort yep zone two northwest is not a lot of time to have impact take will take some effort yep that is you don't build strength there yeah as, as a matter of fact i would say that that's the, those are the zones that expend energy so let's, let's call Northwest. And, and this gets a little bit to where I think it doesn't actually, this doesn't align. This is why we didn't just take Jeffrey Moore's um, four zones. So sorry. So let, let, let's call the Northwest zone two. Let's call that zone two A for purposes of this discussion. Okay. Zone one and zone two A, those expend energy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Zone two B, that's your Southeast. 
your longer term impact, longer term to have impact, not, not a super amount of effort. Yep. And your zone three, that's where strength gets built. So that's yep. where capability is built. That's where value is created. That's where capabilities are formed. So the right side creates the left side expends. And if you borrow money long enough, you can spend more than you make, but eventually that's going to cause a problem. Right. Right. You can have an overdrawn account. Well, why is everyone so tired today? And, 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 and if you think about it, and we've gone through our periods where we're freakishly exhausted, but we've also gone through other periods where we're like, okay, there's something wrong here because we are doing so much more than we've ever done before. Right. But it doesn't, but I don't feel exhausted. Right. I actually, I actually have time to do things. Right. Well, that that's, that's where our zone two B and zone three have been working really well. And I would say zone two B feeding into zone two A. That's where that has been strong. And, and by the way, when we're doing this, we're, we're rapid prototyping what we're doing. So there's a lot of learning that's happening. So, Hey, we're going to test this out and you know what? We're, we're ready to backstop it. Like, so we're doing our next iteration of, of creating the process that, that, you know, that, you know, the idea, how could somebody with 30 days and we are fully ready, even though it was priced towards, you know, the area that we want to be able to offer a, a, you know, a lower price approach we're ready to step in with those resources to come in and treat it like it has to be fully custom, you know, like, like we do with our higher end, because what we know that, you know, the gain here is the learning that's going to take place. That's going to and ultimately enable us to stage. We would not be able to do that this way. If, if we didn't have this mindset, we're dealing with a client going through their very first pilot, large organization going from nothing to something. Yep. And holy cow, how are they learning what they don't know? You know, there's the old phrase, I don't know what I don't know. Yep. No one really gives full credence to, okay, well, what's it really feel like when you begin to find out? Yep. Well, if we hadn't talked about the enablement zone, they would be freaking out. And that's not to say that they're not freaking out a little bit, but they would be majorly freaking out because it would be, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Right. It's like, yep. oh, no, no, no. Remember, we're we're operationalizing. We're staging here. This is supposed to happen. We're, we're not in the performance zone right now. As a matter of fact, the whole way that the pilot group got put together was, look, this is an enablement zone activity. This is to position us in about 60 days to to make the core elements a part of everybody's performance. zone. So how do you do it? You begin. You, where do we want to be? Where are we? What are our initiatives? Let's allocate them to the right zone. Let's prioritize them and let's learn. And then the last thing I wanted to ask is what are some of the, what are some of the challenges you run into in each zone? Like what are some of the roadblocks? What are some of the, what are some of the issues that come up? I, you, you kind of talked a little bit about um, if you got a visionary, they try to push some of that transformation zone stuff into the performance zone we we tend we have a tendency to want to lean more into spending more time on the performance zone because that's the that's the um i guess lighter lift stuff if you will so so what are some of the challenges within 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 each zone i mean the i mean the first challenge is this is in this is a framework 
This right. is a model. It's not reality. Right. Um, shit happens. It, it, it's not like everything draws out that it's clean. It, oh, this is on one. This is on two A. This is on two B. It's <laughs> what zone does this belong in? I don't know. What zone do you think it should be in? But you we know? have a, we have such a nice graphic to highlight it. <laughs> you know, I, I I think that you know, especially early. I mean, old habits die hard. Inertia is really powerful, and inertia is everything's performance zone. Yep. The tyranny of the urgent still exists, and 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 the performance zone is where oxygen is is gained. You know, it's kind of like you know, weightlifting is a zone two activity. If my arm is dangling, you know, by, by a single tendon and blood is gushing out, someone coming to talk to me and saying, you know, you look a little overweight. Have you thought about doing something? You seem out of breath. Have, have you thought about doing some cardiovascular, right? It's kind of like, you know, that, that doesn't fit. So, um, the, I, I think it, you know, it's easy to measure the performance zone. And it's easy to feel the transformation zone. And so I think we overfall to measurement. Actually, I was listening, I listened to the greatest podcast today. Revop show. The second greatest podcast today. <laughs> um it, it's Michael Lewis's Against the Rules. This year he's doing his thing on experts. And and the focus of the episode that I listened to today was on Bill James. Bill James is the founder of the whole analytics and as a matter of fact, everything that is practiced in data science, everything that we call analytics, I don't care what the discipline is. In he if Bill James isn't the father, grandfather, he is the you know, distant cousin, the whole thinking of to popularize, to bring it in, um, which led to Moneyball. And the thing that was interesting is Bill James, he actually stopped writing his book, The Baseball Abstract. He basically insulted this community of people that became his followers because when when he first looked like when he he was huge baseball nerd wasn't a player was just an absolute baseball nerd and he actually called you know he would point to the baseball field and he would say that's a field of ignorance and that's kind of where and 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 he created the whole abstract that led to Moneyball that led to you know and of course everything is Moneyball now yep and. You know, so he is not a fan of of the metric war. War is wins above replacement. Oh, okay, yeah. And one of one of his points was in his, you know, in the first several years, I think at one point he finally put a rating in because the book became popular and you needed to. But he was against a rating because it doesn't matter what the rating is. A rating is an opinion. It's not a fact, it's an opinion. And and if it's a number or a formula, then it's just an opinion expressed numerically. It's right, still right. just an opinion. And and his point was when numbers are used to make you think to improve, I said, when numbers are used to improve your thinking, when data is used to improve your thinking, it can make you better. But too often data gets used to replace thinking. So war answered the question, who's the best player? Who's the highest value player? Right. And, and James's point was the analytics don't tell you that the analytics just tell you the questions to ask. And Michael Lewis asked him, well, you know, as you look today and you call this a field of ignorance, is it less of a field of ignorance? Have you guys like figured just about everything out? Is it, is it the same? He's like, no, it's actually more a field of ignorance. The more I've learned, the more I've learned, I, I, I don't learn. You know, the more I've learned that we don't know. This, this gets to that. We use metrics to replace real life, right? This is the, 
it's not it's not the finish line it's not the starting line it's just the line it's not even a line right. it's just a day we decided to measure that desire for certainty like my aim with the with the zones of execution is to free up the ability to accept and play with uncertainty um and and so what happens in the enablement zone you've got and and, and i think the enablement zone is is the most dangerous zone it, it's harder to measure it, it very easily gets looked at as a as a cost rather than an investment. Um, and what is most interesting is when the enablement zone is working at its best, it is perceived to be its most useless. So imagine that if if you at if, if the better you were, the less value it looked like you were worth, what would life be like? Because see, when the enablement zone is working. The performance zone isn't insane and yet and and it and you're hitting your numbers and things are working and and you, you know you know the enablement zone is all about solving upstream problems upstream and if i solve upstream problems upstream right if i invest in education then i reduce poverty and now poverty is lower and we go well why are we spending so damn much money on education so we start cutting education and and then the problem is it's it's a decade or longer before Poverty starts coming back and now you need a quick fix. And so you jump the quick fix to quick and you're getting weaker and you're getting weaker and you're getting weaker. Um, so that that enablement zone, you know, to not get pulled in, you know, far too often it gets pulled into being just a performance zone support group, if you will. Um, or it becomes, you know, we talked last week, we, it, it becomes, you know, or a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the, the sales prevention group. Yeah. Um, so, so really keeping that on, on tack, that's probably the hardest part. Um, so I think, I think my couple of takeaways are if changing your state of mind about, about, um, thinking about what zone do things belong in, although acknowledging that, that everything's not going to fit quite in that box, but, but thinking that way can be profound and kind of and how you work on things and how you look at things. Um, and then I also really liked what you said about when the enablement zone is working, the performance zone is easy. Like, like it, it makes sense. I, I, you know, that, that leads to the other challenges. Again, we tend to think of the ideal and execution as being far too clean. So, mm -hmm. so I, I, I don't think the performance zone ever feels easy. Okay. So I Fair. Just, right. Easier. <laughs> Um, well, you know, you, you know, you, you almost look at it and you say, well, we, what, what the heck do we need enablement zone? We just need to hire more performance yeah. zone people, right? That, that's kind of what I'm, what, I, what I'm getting at. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and especially as it relates to, well, you know, business, but, but on the sales and marketing side, you know, we live in a dynamic system. It is constantly changing. Um, and, you know, like the term operating system is getting used more and more frequently to describe non-computer oriented things, which I think is great. But who would who would invest in software that isn't being actively maintained today? Right. Do, you know, do you know what we call it when software is no longer being maintained? We call it end of life, right? We will no longer be supporting. Now, sometimes it makes it, especially with cloud-based, it, it, it physically stops working. Sometimes it still works, but nothing's going to change. Well, that's right. probably time, right? Well, that's how most people manage their organizations. Their organizations are operating systems, right? Their, their organizations are, system, are, are software. It is software, yep. right? It's not algorithmic software, but it's software. And software needs to be maintained. And that's what the enablement zone is. On that note, 
I think that's a good place to stop. Thanks, Doug. This was fun. Yep. Nat's one. Nat's one. <laughs> I'm on my new rig. I'm excited for you. I can tell. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. The piece that stuck with me throughout the entire episode was the saying from Doug, modified a little by myself, the three zones of execution brings an order to the chaos of riding the tornado of growth. And to me, that was just a very powerful statement in terms of what the three zones of execution can really do. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about the three zones of execution or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, can't solve your upstream problems downstream.